We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Got to start off by saying shout out to the network, Blue Wire, for having us and our sponsor, Bet Online. Make sure you guys sign up there. Promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. March Madness is on its way. We have UFC this weekend. Plenty of stuff to bet on. Opening day for the MLB is coming up as well. Make sure you guys get those bets in. Make a little bit of money while you're at it. Take our picks. Our picks usually do well. So make sure you guys, uh, you know, if you want a little extra change in a bank account, bet online is for you guys. We are here today, though, to talk pro wrestling. Dre, it's been uh, forever with pro wrestling, it feels like. But it's been even longer since we were able to talk hip-hop. So I wanted to start... Our show off with that. We've both been busy. And, you know, me, one thing that keeps me in the loop, shout out to Shake, Two Dope Boys, his playlist keep me going. But finally, I was able to sit down and listen to, and listen to some albums. One album that really stuck out to me, and I'm sure you had it early or you knew what 
the gist was an inside knowledge. Of course, Royce the Five Nine, the allegory is just man incredible. What did you think of the album? I think it's the front runner for album of the year. I mean, it's early, it's March, obviously, but man, I wasn't, you know, I knew it was gonna be dope. Cause it, it was funny because when Royce first told me about it, like if anybody remembers back in October. Royce came to Vegas and there's a picture floating around with me, him and Sean Porter. We went to like a coffee house one night. We was just chopping it up. And Royce is telling me about his album. And I'm like, man, is it kind of soon? You just dropped Book of Ryan. He was like, no, but I was just feeling it. And he had built a studio in his house and he had played some beats. And I was like, wow. And like, I think it was like a song that I never, that never didn't make the album. I don't even remember what it was called. And I thought this shit was amazing. And uh, originally... It was supposed to drop. Well, I guess I can fucking say it now since it never happened. When we did the, uh, when Biggie walked Sean Porter out, that was originally supposed to be Royce and Biggie walking Sean Porter out. And uh, the only reason it, fe- it fell through for a multitude of reasons, and none of them had to do with Sean, Biggie, or Royce. Um, it was some political nonsense, and it just didn't play out the way it was supposed to do. But the original idea was the allegory was pretty much done when Royce came to Vegas, which obviously wasn't done. It ended up changing like three times. And he wanted to drop the album the same weekend as the Errol Spence, Sean Porter fight. And he wanted to, the plan was, I heard heard Black Savages before a lot of people. The plan was for him to use Black Savages for the entrance. And Big E was supposed to do the intro and Royce was going to walk Sean to the ring. That was the original plan. And it just didn't come together, like I said, for a number of reasons. But then, no single drop. So he, you know, he didn't drop the album, and I. It was just been a lot of time, and I had talked to Royce a few times, and he said it was coming, and you know, eventually came out. What a couple weeks ago? It was better than I thought it was gonna be. So, man, the man is a uh, forty-two, right? Royce is forty-one or forty-two. Yeah. And thought he was forty-three. Damn near. Uh, he's uh, him and Yoel Romero like the same damn age, but. Uh, <laughs> Man, I mean, I t- text him. I was like, "Man, you got like Benjamin Button bars because these these young cats that talk about they rhyming these old heads rhyming like Royce between Royce and like Black Thought, they rhyming circles around everybody. Forget the age. There's no age barrier. He's just bodying people right now. I mean, it's grown rap, man, rap, sure, but at the same time, like these are just bars, ridiculous. And then the production, like. Look, that dope man intro, I had to text him immediately. It was like, yo, what the fuck was you thinking? Like, that's my <laughs> shit. I didn't think he Royce had that kind of production in him. And people didn't know he like he produced this album. Man, look, I know there's some people that, you know, that didn't like the anti-vaccination bars. It felt there was like some hotep and conspiracy theory stuff in there. Sure, whatever. Lupe does the same shit. Yeah, um, fuck it. But if anybody who says Royce can't rap is out of their fucking mind. That dude is amazing. No, it was incredible. Um, before we get to some specifics on the album, one thing I wanted to touch on is I'm seeing a lot of people, or I have been seeing a lot of people call this an album of the year candidate. To me, it's in the you know the lead race, right? It's early, but it's kind of like that Wrestle Kingdom match every year, yeah. where it's like, yo, this is gonna be, this is probably gonna be album of the year. So, I. I'm biased though. Royce is one of my favorite rappers ever. That being said, a lot of people have been saying like, yo, Lil Baby's album's better or Lil Baby has the album of the year. 
so far. I was like, all right, cool. Like, it's it's a possibility, right? It came out the week after Royce. I sat down and, and listened to said little baby album. I'm officially an old man then. And I'm glad Royce is rapping about old man shit. Because, yeah, some of the beats are catchy. Some stuff knocks. But I, I, I read a review track for track as I was listening to it. The review gave it great reviews as well. So I'm listening to it and they're like, this song is so introspective. He's rapping about his life. Like, yo, this shit sounds exactly the same as the six tracks before it. And he's not even mumbling, but it's that sing rap future, young thug, like melodic shit. And I'm just like, I don't get it. Where's the bars? And there's some wordplay. I, I, I just feel like the bar for those guys are set so much lower that if you have any wordplay or if you have any message outside of selling drugs, yo, this shit is classic or album of the year. It's, I'm listening through and I'm just like, okay, the beats knock, but is this any different than the future album? This shit's Purple Rain. Or the album people were caving for last year, the, the Young Thug album, they came out and I played that shit, got five songs deep, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and this is that same feel to me. Like, it's not bad, but album of the year, I, I, can't, quali I can't put these guys in that same realm and there's some shit I like like uh before he passed the XX Tentacion kid or whatever his album was really good before he passed that's cool I didn't say that shit was album of the year I, I can't understand and I'm sure you're busy but when you have time please listen to this little baby album and tell me if I'm tripping because the stark contrast between a Royce the Five Nine album and how good his albums have gotten and the message behind him, the storytelling. I, I love how he's opening up about him and his father. He did so on the last album, followed up with it on a couple of tracks on this album. And then just spitting grown man shit about the black experience. And the name the allegory is an album is so dope because the entire album itself is an allegory. It's every track has a hitting meeting for something bigger. So I didn't get that from the Lil Baby album. All right, everybody, we'll get back to the show in a second. But first, now that March has arrived, we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure you head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. That's right, I said 100K and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action, and with the multiple entries available, it's the season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all of your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure you use that promo code. Blue Wire, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now let's get back to the show. We 
we have to talk about Elimination Chamber and everything that happened on Sunday. It's building. It's the last stop towards WrestleMania. I know you're super hype about this WrestleMania card, given what we just talked about, Goldberg and The Fiend and Roman Reigns and such. <laughs> it's okay, though. You didn't have to watch any of them on Sunday. Did that make you feel better? None of them showed. None of them were on the card. Oh, man. Like I said, no. it, this was we, we built towards a pay-per-view that was pointless. This is dumb. Th- look, look. Theme pay-per-views are stupid. Because no, money they in the make bank the f- is good. Like, you shoehorn a match into a pay-per-view that really has no purpose being there. Like, there is no reason to have an Elimination Chamber match. There's none. We know who's going to win. Everybody knew it. Stupid. Yeah. Like, Hell in a Cell theme pay-per-views? Dumb. Like, they should only be reserved for special situations that you bring out the Hell in a Cell, or you bring out a TLC match, or you bring out the Elimination Chamber. It doesn't have to be every year. Make it feel special. Now it's just arbitrary. It's stupid. That's true, but Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, they serve their purpose. Well, that's that's different. Like, Royal Rumble is not predicated on feuds. Royal Rumble's to establish the main event at WrestleMania. So that makes sense. That's like a 25-year tradition. Money in the Bank is, you know, for that briefcase. It's not necessarily a feud involved because you, you really don't know who's going to win Money in the Bank. But an Elimination Chamber match like this, everybody knew who was going to win. Or if you do a Hell in the Cell match... What if you don't have a few that needs a Hell in a Cell? Now you're just arbitrarily doing a Hell in a Cell match. You're trying to force it. And I think that's just a big waste of time. TLC matches as well. Like, TLC should be the culmination of violence between factions or individuals. Not some shit that you was like, oh shit, we got a TLC pay-per-view. Let's throw these guys together and try to get enough heat for this to make sense. It doesn't feel special anymore. That's why like the, the triple threat with the Hardys, um, Edge and Christian and the Dudleys was so special was because they had so much heat and they built towards that match. If you do it any other way, it's whack. And this this Elimination Chamber pay-per-view was the exact thing that I'm talking about. It was whack because we knew what we were getting. And we just had to do this because they were like, oh, well, we got this theme pay-per-view. Let's just do these matches. It was stupid. That I agree with. I think TLC should be replaced with King of the Ring. Bring it back. Have qualifying matches and then run an eight-man tournament or eight woman tournament you can do the first ever queen of the ring that night and or just have a goddamn pay-per-view just call it whatever backlash blah, blah, punch you in the face it's like just call it a pay-per-view that's it it doesn't have to have a theme that's my point it doesn't have to have a theme just do a pay-per-view <laughs> that's true I why mean, is it so hard because that's what they do gimmicks is what they do so let's talk about t- uh sunday's gimmicky card Started off with the Viking Raiders versus Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Past couple weeks, you said the Viking Raiders are buried. They can't win anymore. Here you go. Pre-show, four-minute match, Viking Raiders win. You happy? No? This is yeah. like, no. It's a no. Bi- like, they're done. They're done. <laughs> I mean, and then they come out they're, later they're on. They're not as night, done as but... Hawkins and Ryder. No, nobody's as done as them. I mean, the Revival have probably done more than anybody else. They're not, they weren't even involved in any of this shit. That's how bad it is for the Revival. Oh, but they're gone. This was, yeah. yeah, this was, I mean, this match was just, it was pointless. There was no reason to even have this match. It was stupid. Killing time on the pre-show. It's better than listening to, what, Brian Saxton? I, didn't, I don't even know who was on there. I just muted it until I saw wrestling. <laughs> um, 
Then the pay-per-view opened with the match of the night. Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. It was a technical match. A match we really don't see on the main roster at all. We've seen these in NXT, 205 Live, you know, NXT UK. It's cool that Daniel Bryan is now on the, fuck it, I'm not supposed to even be here. I'm doing what I want. Like, I don't care about championships. I don't care about all that other dumb shit. I tried to help get The Fiend over. You guys ruined it. Now, give me, like, a small window of time to put together my own feuds with who I want to wrestle and try to get these other guys who are talented over and show you that good wrestling still matters. And the crowd was super into it. They led off the pay-per-view, had the match of the night, and it's what everyone will be talking about. And uh, Brian won, but Gulak looked great. A guy who had been forgotten since he was taken up from 205 Live. I mean, this is like, there's two things that are working here. One is that Daniel Bryan, we don't deserve this guy. Like, this, first of all, this match was ridiculous. The bumps that he was taking were like, I was cringing every time he took a bump. But it, he's crazy. Um, but the other part of this is, we don't deserve him because he looks out for the, the great talent on the roster. I mean, you know, it's, it's a not so big secret that he's the one who wanted to put Kofi over at WrestleMania. Like, his, his ability and his... Uh, I guess his, uh, he's got a lot of leverage in the locker room. Mm-hmm. So now it's like he doesn't have anything to do for WrestleMania. So, yeah, he's going to put over the guys that he wants to put over or, put, or wrestle the guys he wants to work. And Gulak is one of those guys who has been an excellent performer and just kind of buried in the mix on, uh, on what, SmackDown? So it's like Smackdown. they have this match. Yeah, they have this match, and it's and people are watching like, this is amazing. But then it tells you how mismanaged the talent is on the main roster. Because when these two can turn in the best match of the night and neither of them have absolutely anything to do for WrestleMania, it's a sign that Vince and the, the, the writers at the top have no fucking idea what they're doing. Because it's just Brian walking around saying, hey, Drew, you want to wrestle? I want to work with you. It's like, cool. And they look at this pay-per-view and they're like, hey, Vince, we can't fill this pay-per-view with, up with much anything. So let me and Drew work for 15 minutes. We'll, we'll do a good job. And, you know. Daniel's got enough cachet where Vince is like, fuck it, do what you want. I'm focused on Shader. They go in there and they have this spectacular match. And now I just want him to go to WrestleMania, be on the pre-show, and kill it, which kind of sucks. That means I would have to be at WrestleMania early because I want to see this match. But come on, this this will likely be the best match on the card if they were to do like a uh, two out of three or I don't know who who else he would want to work with. But anything that Daniel Bryan's doing that he has free reign over, I'm here for it. This match was a perfect example of that. Yeah, two things. We're not doing anything else around that time. We might as well get there early. Just No, we're going to brunch. But That's yeah, it's East doing. Coast, though. So early is 5.30. Pre-show doesn't start until yeah, so 6. Yeah, so I'll have time to wake up after my drunken stupor. Yeah, it goes from 6 to 1 a.m. So Christ. we damn near can get a nap. Yeah, pre-show, what, 3 p.m.? Or, yeah, 3 p.m., 2 p.m. on the... West Coast, so we can get there early, quote unquote. It's five o'clock, so we we can watch all the matches we want. Don't don't worry about that. It's not interfering with brunch. And the other thing is the pre-show, like we've seen in years past. I kind of liked it last year. Uh, Nakamura versus Rusev was the match that I remember. Nak won the IC title, and it was like, oh, Nak won it on the pre-show. They had like twenty minutes, so you can have as much. No, I was. I remember showing up during that match. Um, <laughs> don't. 
remember that, that at remember. all. So Knock it changed hands. Knock won the icy title and just recently dropped it to Braun. That showed Knock had that title for ten months. <laughs> Who yeah, knew? And nobody gave a shit. No, nope, it was a new Who title. Was... All this shit. We'll talk about the icy title here shortly. Um, so the pre-show is where it's at. Usually has a good tag match. Last year they had like a quadruple threat 205 live match. There was some shit on that pre-show. So hopefully they fill it up this year. Maybe Sasha and Bailey can get on there. They don't even have a feud. Bailey has a title, won't even be defended. So maybe they have like a tag team match against I feel like we've seen the same tag team match for three months now. Lacey Evans and whoever the hell her partner is on SmackDown. But I feel like they'll do it again. Why not? It's a pre-show. So that's my thing there. We'll be there to see it however it shakes out. Uh, second match of the night, Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo. This is another match that I assume will be on the pre-show of Mania. They got to run it back. I just don't know how they make it work. But sooner or later, Carrillo has to win the U.S. championship. Not... I mean, Andrade was just suspended. I thought he'd drop it tonight. But Carrillo's building up this storyline, and he's going to have to overcome the odds. His cousins, Alina Vega. And then lastly, it's going to be Andrade. So uh, Andrade wins tonight, but I expect him to maybe give Carrillo his mania moment. So, okay, a couple things. One, does Andrade's return mean that we just... You know, replace Angel Garza? Is that, is that what's happening? Angel Garza never left NXT and the 205 Live picture. He's been doing double duty. So maybe so he one Mexican replace back down there. Yeah, I mean, you think Vince mm-hmm. cares? I think he, they're all interchangeable to Vince. I think Vince doesn't know the difference between any of those guys. He looks at Carrillo and Garza and he's like, uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Knows, like the only one he probably he knows, knows is who Andrade. No, he knows who Andrade is. You know why? Shit. Because of that last name, baby. Flair. Charlotte's not going to let him forget who Bay is. So, uh, Andrade, I'm telling you, he is a made man. He is halfway to Del Rio. That failed test only cements him as more Del Rio-like. Vince is going to be like, he's he's the token, and it's horrible to say, he's going to be the token Spanish guy. He's going to be the one that you push. They always have one to push. Rey Mysterio is not going to wrestle forever. I think once his contract's up here in like a couple months, he might actually even fade away. So I, I think Andrade's that guy. He'll continue playing the heel role. And uh, usually you got that foreigner holding the United States Championship. Usually works well with that. Um, Yeah. See, uh, they alluded to it in commentary. And I don't know if that was like Vince and Gorilla pumping this in there. It was like, oh, you know, they're fighting for like Mexican supremacy. And I was like, what? Um, And then if you have Mysterio and Garza still floating around, it feels like this could be a fatal four-way match. But again, it's like it's like the uh, female rapper syndrome where there can only be one. I don't necessarily like that. Um, But I guess this is I, I suppose this is what we're doing. The match was fine. Um. It wasn't bad at all. It's just I I just I don't know what they're they're doing. I I just don't get it. Um, there's just a lot of shit that doesn't make sense to me because it's like Andrade got suspended, Garza took his place, Andrade comes back like he didn't miss a beat, still holds onto the title. Carrillo, yeah. who Jerry Lawler just clearly just doesn't give a shit about saying his name correctly, <laughs> kind of like how Jim Ross just butchers names on AEW, but it is what it is. Um, and then it feels like Mysterio needs to be involved some way because he was involved in this stuff. Like, it needs to culminate at WrestleMania into something fun. 
I just don't know how we do it without it feeling weird and racist. Because um, I don't want. I like, do like a Mexican four match. Way, I do. I do too. I just don't want them to play it like the Mexican supremacy. Like there's just three amazing luchadors that can that can go. But I don't want like when they said that I kind of cringed. Maybe I yeah. maybe I was overreacting to it. But it's like if you have four black wrestlers and like black supremacy, it's like whoa shit, like calm down. So I don't know if they're gonna do the same thing with this. But I think it would be a phenomenal match if all four of them were involved. I just don't know how they're gonna get there without making it very cringy. So I don't know. We'll see. You you have to again. I don't think they're smart enough to do this, but. Zelina Vega is the wild card, and if you were sm- if they were smart, they would have Zelina be like that linchpin of the feud. So she's now leaning towards Garza more than Andrade, or she cost Andrade a random match, and it looks like maybe her and Humberto Carrillo are talking on the side. It, you know, that's what happens when someone has clients. You know. You can just say she's recruiting the best client and then tease it. So she'd be like, you know what? If you maybe it's time for me to change clients because you two aren't getting it done and have her with Carrillo a little bit more and teasing that. Yeah, we got you like can three use weeks, that. Man. Yeah, I mean, they should have done this shit, but the suspension hurt. But you, you got not but time. You got three hours for three weeks. That's nine yeah, hours. Absolutely. You can't tell a story with nine on. hours. Daniel Bryan told that shit in 15 minutes. Right, because Vince wasn't involved. (laughs) Exactly. I don't have a lot lot of confidence in any of this. Fly this under the radar on him. Um, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. I don't have much confidence in anything at Mania. I'm going in with very low expectations, so it can only be better than I think it's going to be. WrestleMania week is my highlight. WrestleMania night, I'm not expecting much. Uh, next match, we have the Elimination Chamber match, which should have been the only Elimination Chamber match. The Miz, John Morrison, it's tag teams, by the way. The New Day, The Usos, Heavy Machinery, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode, instead of Bobby Roode, all right. And the outlier, Lucha House Party. The the new colognes, that's who they are. The new, the new colognes, um... That's I don't know. I, for those who don't remember. I thought the match was a little long, but fun. You can't really have a short elimination chamber, so I get it. There was some spots where, like, the New Day were just sitting around for a second. But I think well, they starting were sleep. <laughs> starting it off with around, the New Day sleep. and the Usos were good. And then, you know, it played out how it had to. You had, you know, the teases towards... The feud between Heavy Machinery, Otis in particular, and Ziggler. So you you had that. There were storylines wrapped up into it. The New Day had just lost the belts to Miz and Morrison. New Day and Uso always have great chemistry. Everything fit outside of the Lucha House Party. But then we got a good spot anyway. So it was like, okay, they were there to give us the one wow moment, which is all right. So I thought it was a fun match. The belt shouldn't change hand, in my opinion. It didn't. And we act like it never happened tomorrow. So this was like the uh, the dumb Fast and Furious movie where the plot just doesn't make any sense. They're just doing a bunch of shit. So then that's what makes it fun. Because it's like, all right, they're just doing shit. Like you saw Lucha House Party and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing in this match? 
And we saw what they were in the match for, to do a flip and then get pinned directly after that shit. So that's why they showed up. But, again, you're shoehorning an Elimination Chamber match in, and the title just changed hands last week. So there was no chance in hell Miz and Morrison were losing the titles. It was just, what are we going to do to keep the titles on them? This match was cool for what it was, but, like, the little Otis spot where he did, like, bust through the thing like the Kool-Aid man and just flew to the outside of the ring... That was cool. Tucker jumping off of the uh, the cell. That was pretty cool, too. But then, like, as far as storytelling was concerned, it was dumb. Because in the end, you had the Usos in the New Day and Miz and Morrison. And the Usos in New Day are cool with each other. And for whatever reason, they don't get those two out of there. Like, that's it, like logic be damned. They should have got Miz and Morrison out of there, pay the respects, and beat the shit out of each other. That would have made sense. Not necessarily storyline sense because Ms. Morrison just got the title. So what ends up happening is Kofi goes for a splash, gets pinned again. Like, dude, this is your former champion. He gets pinned a lot. Kofi gets pinned like he was never champion before. A ton. It's nuts. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but any he rate, can't so, eat pinned, so whatever. I mean, but the point is is that, that it was just dumb how he ate the pin because it was like, all right, well... Obviously, they're not going to win, but it's like it defied logic. It doesn't make any sense. And we're going to talk about defying logic when we get to this goddamn AJ Styles match. It just doesn't make sense how they booked this shit. And then Miz and Morrison, they got the cool little spot with the uh, the double pin, and Miz uses the ropes, and they retain their titles. Did we really need an Elimination Chamber match for this? No. Because Miz and Morrison were never going to lose those titles. So it was a big waste of time. It was like it didn't tell us anything. So now... We have no idea what the New Day are going to do at WrestleMania. Not a fucking clue. We're going to assume that it's that the Usos will still be in this the tag team title hunt. Uh, Otis, where the hell was Mandy Rose? Um, that's a good question. Why did like she, she come tweeted? Out? She tweeted after the match that Otis was like real thick headed and. Like, he, he never listens. Like, she tweeted that after the match. But it just felt kind of weird that she wouldn't be there. And, we'll, and again, we'll talk about people being there for no goddamn reason. Because something else happened in this pay-per-view. And I was like, oh, why are you there if you're not going to do anything? Um, but, yeah, this match was just... It was cool. Like, I was watching. I was like, oh, this is fun action. But then I'm, like, looking at the story. And I was like, this is dumb. Like, why are we doing this? That Super Showdown just messes up everything. We I keep saying it. And this is another <laughs> point. It just messes up everything. I love that before then, you were always like, fast lane messes up everything. Now they're like, yeah, you don't like that? Take two pay-per-views in the three weeks before Mania. (laughs) And and, and the worst part is, is because Super Showdown is like funded by the Saudi government, so they want certain things. So like Goldberg wouldn't be involved in this probably at all unless it was for the Saudi government that wanted this this pay-per-view. So that that like fast lane, you got kind of stick it in there, and it creates fuse, but nothing really changed hands, and it was just like a dumb pay per view, which is what Elimination Chamber is. But this Super Showdown shows up, and it's like, well, Goldberg's here, and then Vince is like, ah, I'm gonna take the title off the Fiend. It's like, why are we doing this? It shouldn't happen. So it's a waste again. Then then to have them back to back weeks, that was even worse. Anyway, let's continue to more nonsense. <laughs> yeah, it made very little sense. Uh, next up, you teased it. Aleister Black versus AJ Styles. Kind of went down how we thought it would. Um, Aleister Black won. You've been very vocal about being upset that he lost his first match on the main roster. I think you're the only one that knew he was undefeated. 
including Vince McMahon, who had no clue probably. He's just like a fifty-fifty booking, booking to lose. He's gonna win at the pay-per-view. And then lo and behold, he wins at the pay-per-view because, of course, as soon as it was the no DQ match, Taker was showing up to cost AJ Styles to further fuel their feud at WrestleMania. But what does this do for Aleister Black? Nothing. This was 23 minutes, and it was slow as hell for the first 15. Then I'm watching the match, and I immediately think, well, this is no DQ match. Why are Gallows and Anderson out there if they're not going to do anything? Like, what is the point of you being there? And last week, you got DQ'd to make sure that AJ would get the pin. This week, you don't get involved until, like, the end of the match? It took you 20 minutes to figure out, you know what? Maybe we should help our buddy out because it's not we can't get DQ'd. What the fuck? This is, like, the most bizarre booking ever. And everybody and still- knew it. Like, it's... No, no I was gonna everybody say, knew because they, they started chanting for The Undertaker. Yeah, and they only jumped in when the ref back was turned and the, the ref was down. It's like, sir, there's like, no what DQ. Is this? What are you waiting for? <laughs> My God. So it's like, so The Undertaker comes out and he just kind of chokes him and then the lights go out. Like, I, like I tweeted, I'm like, please, just turn the lights off and get this shit over with. Like, we know what we're here for. We're here to see The Undertaker get, for whatever reason, because I don't, this doesn't even, this is what else doesn't make sense. AJ already lost the Undertaker. What what are we doing? Help me understand this. Like, why is the Undertaker appearing and he already beat AJ? When did he lose the Taker? At the goddamn gauntlet match at Super Showdown. Oh, that doesn't count. Yes, it Taker does. Taker wasn't because, even in the match, really. But he but he beat AJ. So why? If you already beat him and took home the Tanuki or whatever the fuck that trophy was called, like, why do you need to show up and attack him again? You already won. Where's the feud? Those are all valid questions, but I'm going to say Rey Mysterio is in it. Rey Mysterio never made it, and I don't know why Undertaker needed to pin him anyway. There was no, there was nothing saying that Taker took the spot. Like this, in order for there to be a feud, there needs to be some back and forth. And now Undertaker's 2-0 on AJ. And where do I, why do I want to see this at WrestleMania? AJ's been made a fool of twice. I don't, I don't get it. This is stupid. And meanwhile, you have a rising star like Aleister Black, who, yeah, he lost his first match. Look, I didn't want him to be undefeated forever. My point is, is that he lost his first match. It should have been made a bigger deal that he lost his first match. But they didn't even mention it. Then he goes in this no DQ shit. You know, Undertaker, I don't know if he's helping him or just like, I, I don't fucking understand why they did this. And then he wins. And unless Aleister Black is teaming up with Undertaker against the club, there is no re- there's nothing for Black to do. This is stupid. All of this is dumb. And a lot of people, you just hating on WWE. If you can make sense out of this shit, I don't know. I'll give you $50. I don't know, because this shit doesn't make any sense. <laughs> if, if I, if, look, if I, go to your, if I go to your school and punch you in the face and knock you out, and you don't do anything about it, and then t- a week later, you're fighting somebody else, and I show up at your school again and punch you in the face and knock you out, I have no reason to beef with you anymore because I won twice. So I don't know what Undertaker can do unless he pisses in on, on an urn or something. Or, like, 
assaults Kane. Like, I don't know what AJ Styles can do to draw the ire of the Undertaker who has already beaten him up. This is stupid. This is dumb. Worst WrestleMania build ever with these matches. This is the worst. <laughs> God damn. T- tell us how you really feel. I, I wasn't even going to stop you. I love the red. Oh, man. Yes. This this is what pisses you off. Out of all the dumb shit, this is what pisses you off? All of it pisses... Because as a, as a com- when you put it all together... Like I said earlier, this is the worst build to a WrestleMania I have ever seen. Because I don't understand why any of these things are happening. Edge and Orton is the only thing that I can kind of understand. Everything else is not... It doesn't have a lot of heat. Like, And then on top of that... AJ just hasn't necessarily been good lately in his matches. So I can't imagine a match with The Undertaker being decent. I can't see it. We just saw what Undertaker and Goldberg look like. It's been like almost uh, six months to eight months later. I'm sure none of them got any better. So I can't imagine that match being something that is going to be aesthetically pleasing. What the fuck? Yeah, no, I don't know if... (laughs) Do we expect it to be... It's just one of those, oh, checklist. You know, I want to be one of The Undertaker's opponents at WrestleMania, even though the streak doesn't live anymore. No, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't know, man. It's like, oh. There's a lot of people that have been on that list uh, lately. Not not earlier, obviously. Earlier, it was a shit show of a list. But, you know, the last, what, 15 and up for Taker... 14 and up on that streak list and people he fought since have been pretty big names. Like for AJ to add his name to that list is pretty good. And maybe yeah, AJ Wilkins. Okay. Here's a parallel, right? Dame Lillard looks up to Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan is old and washed and Dame's like, I want to play you one-on-one. Motherfucker, Michael Jordan's washed. You're going to dog him. And that's where AJ's at with The Undertaker. This match is like, this isn't fair. Now, fortunately, you have booking and agents. And you can try to make Taker look strong. But imagine, like, Michael Jordan trying to dunk on Damian Lillard right now. It wouldn't look too great, right? So, like, nah. these Undertaker chunk slams don't look nah. very good. Like, him, like he can't, he's not doing that dive over the top rope that he made famous years ago. Like, he's not doing any of that shit. It's you know what? Be it looks better than? Those, huh? It looks better than that Goldberg... Uh, jackhammer we saw. But that's what I'm saying. The Goldberg hip toss. Like, but that's what I'm saying. So the, where's the where's the satisfaction for AJ Styles? Like, ooh, I get to work Undertaker. But you're not working the best Undertaker. Like, if Dane was to play one-on-one against Jordan, he's not playing the best version of Michael Jordan. So if you dunk on 50-something-year-old Michael Jordan, you actually kind of feel bad because you might break his hip. This is, this is dumb, man. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, it's your world. I'm just living in it. I love the rant. It is dumb. All right, everybody, we'll get right back to the episode in a second. But first, have you ever seen an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. Uh, with more than 50 combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all age- ages. 
fits me just great. Like, you know, I lost some weight recently, so got to make sure everything looks good. So these, these untuckers look awesome. You can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And the website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. Yeah, so whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Now let's get right back to the show. Street Profits versus Seth Rollins and Murphy. 18-minute match. 17 minutes of it I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the whole thing, but we knew, just like the last match, we knew Kevin Owens was going to show up, cost Seth Rollins, and that was going to be the ending. If I didn't know the ending, this match would have been very enjoyable. Street Profits are really good in-ring lately. Uh, Montez Ford, especially. And then you put... Rollins and Murphy in there who can go, they have good chemistry. I like their matches. But this is all to set up Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, which is a good pairing for WrestleMania. But it's only to service them, not the Street Profits in any way. Again, another situation where you go into the match and you know what's going to happen. And then it happens. And then you're looking at the Street Profits like, well, what did this do for you guys? Because the weird thing about this match is... The Viking Raiders show up for reasons I have no idea why. They just kind of show up and attack AOP and then they go to the back. I thought we were setting up a Street Profits versus AOP match because, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I really can't remember. Didn't AOP beat the Street Profits in NXT? They did. Did I that mean. happen? Yeah, so you I have mean, a story. A lot of people you, beat you, the Street Profits. They failed three yeah, times yeah. before they got the title. No, I mean, yeah, they had so title I'm, matches, but, you know, like they kept failing. So my point is, is like you have you can establish a story that you know Street Profits never beat AOP. You can do that, but instead you have the Viking Raiders come out and brawl with AOP to the back. Street Profits win clean because of Kevin Owens, which sets up an Owens Rollins feud. But now Street Profits just hit; they got titles, and they're just like okay. And like I said, I thought you save a big title change for WrestleMania. Like I thought you build the momentum towards that. There's nothing there. So, what are we gonna get? A triple threat? AOP, Street Profits, and Viking Raiders? I, I can't see. I can't see what we're doing here. I can't yeah, see. Yeah, that's it. two face. Yeah, that's two face tag teams in there for no reason. Unless you want AOP yeah, I, to like I, overcome the odds to get the titles. I, I don't know. But that, that's weird. It's heels. That's not what you do. So it's like, yeah, Owens and Rollins. We kind of knew we were gonna get there because they've worked on this, you know, Monday Night Messiah shit for several months, and. Yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to it. But we knew what was going to happen here. Like, this is the most wildly predictable pay-per-view ever. I don't think anything, one thing, was a little surprising. And it's the next match. But everything else was just, like, by the numbers. It was like, did, did this pay-per-view really need to be that long? No. No. It seemed no like reason. it took forever. And that I really don't understand. Like, why was it so long? It's, yeah, it's like one it, of those self-indulgent movies where it's like you know like you know the end of the movie at a certain point, but then you're like, I'm watching this shit for like two and a half hours, and they're just talking. And it's like, it's very self-indulgent. And it's like, I know, just get to the fucking end. 
so I can like go home. <laughs> I, there's nothing yeah. worse than a long movie that's long and self-indulgent. And I know that immediately some people say, well, Quentin Tarantino, but I like Tarantino films, so I can't use him. But like M. Night Shyamalan, like you know there's a twist coming. And I got to wait like 90 minutes to get to the fucking twist that I know is coming. Like this wasn't even a twist. This was so straightforward. This yeah, pay-per-view was entirely too long. Anyway, let's go to the next um, match, which actually has the only surprise. Yes. Nakamura, Cesaro, Sami Zayn versus Braun Strowman. Zero one handicap match for the IC title. Me and you talked the other day, shooting the shit, throwing stuff back and forth. And I mentioned it in passing. Like, yo, wouldn't it be funny if Sami Zayn won the title? He just returned back to the ring. Like, I didn't think it was possible at all. But... When I found out Braun Strowman was the champion, which you told me like five minutes prior to that, I was like, oh, no one cares about him. But Sammy's been killing it on the mic. And then tonight, or excuse me, on Sunday, we saw exactly what happened that, thankfully, someone decided, you know what? Sami Zayn is carrying this feud. Let's throw this guy a bone. And we got the Huluva kick with like a, a double suplex attached to it. It doesn't make Strowman look super weak because it took all three of them, but you get to the point where you should, which is Sami Zayn holding his first title on the main roster. And finally back in the ring. I like it. Yeah, I like I like Sami Zayn. He should have been had the IC title. Here's what I don't like. I know, I'm sorry. I'm shitting on everything. Where are we going now with this? Are we doing That's another Strowman match? You got like, to go one unless, up, right? Yeah, like unless see, again, it's like let me put my Booker hat on. Unless Sammy Sammy stole the win and then engages in a feud with Nakamura and Cesaro because he stole the title, even though he had all their help, I don't see where we're going with this. Because the whole story was predicated around Strowman chasing Sami Zayn and then Sami Zayn gets pinned. But if you're Cesaro and Nakamura, are you happy that Sami Zayn just won the IC title? You shouldn't be. Maybe I mean, should. Like I don't know. I don't know. I feel yeah, like... maybe they're, it's an all-for-one thing, right? Maybe, but it's, it's just like we're getting to WrestleMania, so what are we doing with this title? And I think that could be an amazing match because Cesaro and Sami Zayn have history. And, yep. you, you, and so does Nakamura and Sami Zayn from NXT. All of them have NXT history. These guys can put on a barn burner at WrestleMania. Get Scrum the fuck out of there. We don't need them there. <laughs> you can have those three just kill each other, and I'd love it, but... For whatever reason, no, I know the reason. Vince doesn't watch NXT. He has no idea what's going on. He has no clue about the history with these guys. And the last, though, so now Sami Zayn's got the title. And uh, we're probably going to see another match with Strowman. And nobody wants to see that shit. Yeah, I think we know what's going to happen. There's three weeks until Mania. This week, Strowman's going to be pissed off. Next week, the week after, he's going to defeat Cesaro. The week after, he's going to defeat Nakamura. And then he's going to go and quote-unquote earn his rematch with Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. And Sami Zayn should cheat again to beat him. <laughs> I don't know. What what good does it do having him drop the belt now and then win it back in three weeks? Like, it's going to put him over? Exactly. Title changes so close to WrestleMania make no sense. None. No, unless you hold it. Like, unless Sami yeah. finds a way again to... The best thing you could do is to... Have Sammy beat Strowman as clean as he can. So this time he had a lot of help, right? You have to have Strowman legit take out the other two backstage 
have Sammy act like he's scared to death because now Strowman finally has him one-on-one and have Sammy find a way to beat him anyway. That's the best you can do. And then blow that shit off. Find him another feud after Mania. Like, I beat you with help. I beat you without my goons. Let's get it. That's the only way you can go. That's it. (laughs) You rained on... You you were building to this match. Like, oh, it's the only good thing they did all night outside of the opener. You're like, this is so good. And then you shed all over that match. Just letting you know. I mean, um, again, it's just not the even feud. A match. It's not just where we're match. going. Yeah, the feud yeah. is dumb. The feud is done. Sami Zayn having the title is great because I love Sami Zayn. But the feud, how we're getting there, where this leaves everybody is dumb. Correct. Um, and then we have main event elimination chamber: Shayna Baszler, Natalia, Liv Morgan, Oscar, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan. A lot of the build for this match was predicated around the Riot Squad finally getting each other inside of a cage and Ruby Riot turning on the other two, abandoning them. And none of that shit came to fruition. Why? Because Shayna was booked like Brock Lesnar. She was booked better than Brock Lesnar. She was booked better than Braun Strowman. She is the first person ever to eliminate every other member in the Elimination Chamber. And she did so in swift fashion. Her and Asuka rolled around for about four minutes. Outside of that, she was untouched. If you were going to do this, why not have the Riot Squad be the first three in there? Right? Why was Natty in there to start? This was this was fucking horrible booking. So uh, we had to spend 21 minutes to get to a conclusion that we all knew, which was Shane winning. Yeah, we, we knew didn't that tell offer. a story. We didn't tell anything about the Riot Squad. All we had them do was look at each other through the chamber, and then Shane mows them down, and then we spend a ridiculous amount of time. For reasons that I have no idea why, waiting for the damn door to open for the next person to come in. And then they just get washed. And then the Oscar thing was something I was actually kind of excited for. But then I'm like, it was short, right? Like, you know, a few submission exchanges and then she choked her out. So here, so here's the issues. Aside from the ending being obvious and we didn't need a chamber match to fucking get here, we could have just had a one-on-one match with Asuka to determine the number one contender. But since you want to shoehorn Elimination Chamber, let's throw the half of the damn Raw women's uh, roster in there and have them all get washed. Problem number one. Shayna just washed the entire Raw women's roster. If she beats Becky Lynch (laughs) at WrestleMania, now what? She's already beat everybody. Easily. Well, not Oscar. Oscar and her can have some juice. Yeah, but that's but then what? That's what Oscar's I'm saying. a tag like, champ, so that's what. What do you do with those tag team championships? Dude, I don't know. So that that's problem number one. Problem number two is why was Becky Lynch backstage watching this match if she wasn't going to come out and do a face to face? I don't know, and it bothered me because it kind of like they kept panning to her. And she got like a little more nervous, a little more worried looking. The confidence she had when she started watching the monitor to the end was different. And I hate that they kind of teased weakening her. Yeah, like that was dumb. Like you should Like want... she's scared of Shayna. What? You should want your get back because she bit your neck and made you bleed. Like you stupid idiot. Like you should be looking at this match and like, I hope Shayna wins because I want to beat that ass at WrestleMania. Like that should be your motivation for watching this match. So when Shayna wins and she's like pointing at the WrestleMania. Like, everybody, please stop pointing at this goddamn WrestleMania sign. We know where you're going. But 
<laughs> for that to happen, like Shayna, sh- I mean Shayna should have celebrated Molly whopping the entire women's roster, and then Becky should have came out. And she didn't have to even get in the ring with her for like physical altercation. She could have just stood at the ramp or something to stare at Shayna. Because that actually gives you a look that you can use for the promo package for WrestleMania. We got none of that. She didn't even come out. What are we doing? Why did we why did we even do this pay-per-view? <laughs> this pay-per-view, I mean, this pay-per-view probably should have been how it was. A couple matches shorter, and then the dumb shit at the end of Super Showdown. Because at least it would have set up Mania. Super Showdown is what really started the trajectory to all this being a waste of damn time. Like, it was a huge... It was such a waste of time. And then it's like... Like, Sarah Logan comes out. I'm like, why are you even here? Like, <laughs> you have no chance of winning. And then I was like, well, you know, maybe at least they could do- tease this Riot Squad. I don't know if they're even going to do a triple threat at Mania because it feels like they're just like, ah, I don't feel... I, I, don't, I don't know if they're committed to that. Even though that's the only storyline that's established, don't feel like they're like they're like really gonna put their foot in on that. I don't. I, this was so stupid. Like all of this was dumb. It was three it hours for nothing. But we got. We, will see we didn't learn anything. How it new. pays off at Mania, Ugh, right? Whatever. That's all we can do. We're going. We're we're locked in. So we just gotta hope for the best, and that's all it can be. Is you gotta hope for the best because it's not going to be great. You just gotta hope that it's not complete shit, right? Oh man, I don't, I, I don't understand what we're doing. That's it. Like man. we are literally that's... four weeks away. We're four weeks away from WrestleMania. That this, there's two go home shows. There's Raw and the SmackDown go home show, and obviously the NXT. But we're not talking about that. So you got like three weeks to establish both tag title feuds. Um, an IC title feud, if you're going to move away from Strowman, which I don't think you are. A U.S. title feud. I don't even know what you're doing with the 24-7 title anymore. Because, like, you just... Riddick Moss beating Ricochet? Like, what the fuck? Anyway, so you still have that. The women's tag titles, which I think have been defended, like, three times since last year. That? You got to yep. do something with that. Um, you would think, but they don't seem to care about that. Bailey doesn't have an opponent. For WrestleMania, and you you really can't go back to Lacey Evans. You just can't. Like we've seen that already. Yeah, it has to be Naomi, but you already did that too. So there's that part. Um, yeah, this sucks. That, that like all of this sucks. This sucks. I can't. Nothing here is good except for Orton and Edge. Like even the even the like I mentioned earlier, the Drew uh, McIntyre Brock thing. Looks cool for a minute, but babyface Drew kind of sucks. I really don't like the three, two, one, kick you in the face. I hate that. Don't get the crowd involved. Just be an asshole and kick him in the face. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of gave it like the sweet chin music treatment. Like, I don't need the count, but I I see it. I'd rather him just be a badass, though, and beat the shit out of people. But it is what it is. Like, at that point, I think he's going to win. So that makes me feel better. Yeah, right. maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll talk wrestling again next week. That was our wrestling show for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Shout out to all the sponsors. Shout out to Blue Wire as well. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore me at Keldansby, him at Andreas Hale. We appreciate all you guys. Keep listening. Three shows this week. Preparing for Mania. Make sure you guys keep an eye out 
We've been rolling out those announcements for wrestling with stereotypes down in Tampa. Get your tickets. Show support to the show. We just learned that we'll also be on Fight TV streaming there. Uh, $4.99 if you guys want to purchase and watch. We appreciate all of you guys. Until next time, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.